the property pod. Pod, pod, pod. Welcome to the property pod with MoneyWeb. The property sector is an ever-changing sector, and in this podcast series, your host Suren Naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry. Hello, and welcome to the Property Pod, South Africa's premier property investor podcast. My name is Suren Naidu, and on this MoneyWeb podcast show. We gain insider insights from leading executives, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry. This week's pod is a special one as it marks the 50th episode and we've got a heavyweight guest on the show today. But before we introduce him, just a heads up that the Property Pod will become a weekly podcast on MoneyWeb from April, publishing on Tuesdays. On our latest pod, we have... Norbert Sasser, Group CEO of GrowthPoint Properties, the largest real estate investment trust listed on the GSE. Sasser has been at the helm for a long time and has probably seen a lot, all the ups and downs in the property industry over that time. The group has grown significantly, being listed and then expanding beyond South Africa's borders, having gone into Australia over a decade ago. In recent years, Pre-COVID, that is, it has expanded into the UK and the CEE, or the Central and Eastern European property markets, as well as the African markets outside South Africa, that is, through Lango Real Estate. Welcome to the Property Pod, Norbert. Thank you very much, Serene. Thanks very much for having me. I know that was a bit of a mouthful, but it still doesn't cover how big GrowthPoint has become. Besides the company, you have all your separate funds from student accommodation to healthcare. But And your recent results, press release alone, it was interim, but it was four pages long. Norbert, GrowthPoint uh, released its half-year results earlier this month, and the company has an international property portfolio of assets valued at almost 175 billion rand now. When did you join GrowthPoint, and what was its size at the start or when it listed? So, Siren, it's a pretty good question, and I think maybe when I eventually retire, I'll make some work of trying to get to the bottom of what happened between 1987, which is when the company was originally listed, and 1999 or 2000, the year 2000, which is more or less when I got involved. So when I did discover GrowthPoint, I was uh, working for Investec Bank in their corporate finance division. And this was in the late 90s, as I pointed out. And uh, it's fair to say that the stock market had a number of uh, crashes along the way up leading up to 1999. And uh, in the corporate finance world, uh, things were relatively quiet. So I was... Um, scratching around uh, for things to do at Investec and stumbled across uh, this entity known as GrowthPoint Properties, discovered that it was listed in 87, uh, analyzed it in detail, and at that stage it had uh, gross assets, it owned nine property assets uh, valued at 118 million rand. Uh, it had way too much debt on its balance sheet in the order of uh, 78 odd million rand and uh, an NAV of uh, just uh, 47 odd million, but it was trading at a massive discount. The market cap was only uh, 30 odd million rand at the 27 odd million rand at the time. And uh, I recall, in fact, I've still got the original document where I put forward a number of proposals to the growth point board at the time. 
um, uh, recommending, in fact, uh, two out of three recommendations was to liquidate the company because it had too much debt and it wasn't going to be able to afford to pay the interest on the debt. You'll recall that in the late 90s, that's also when interest rates spiked right up to 24%. Just for clarity there, did it owe the, some of that money to Investec? How was Investec involved yes. in it? So Investec were involved in multiple guises. In the first instance, they owned a management company. Growthwind at that time was externally managed. It had an external manco, which was owned and controlled by Investec. Investec had provided some of the debt, uh, but also Investec owned about uh, about 30-odd percent of the shares in uh, Growthwind at the time, uh, as I said, the listed entity. So Investec was pretty much all over it. And um, the reality is that, you know, on deep analysis, I decided uh, or recommended that we consider liquidating the company, selling the assets and returning money to shareholders. Or the third alternative that I put forward was the option to pursue a growth strategy. And in that regard, we had uh, one of the uh, the guys at Investec Property Group at the time, Sam Leon, had a relationship with the mine pension funds. And, and they needed a solution to uh, their property portfolio. They were overweight property. The pension fund industry was changing from defined benefit to defined contribution. And uh, they couldn't gear, pension funds couldn't gear or still can't gear against property. So we provided them with a solution. And executing on that transaction effectively transformed GrowthPoint from a fledgling company with a market cap of uh, $27 million to a market cap uh, with uh, just over a billion. And it's at that time that uh, I was approached by the, uh, the principals at Investec Property Group to uh, leave the corporate finance, my career in corporate finance, and to make a career in, in property and to come and run growth point properties uh, as a as an externally managed fund effectively under the management control of of investec so yeah it dates back to let's call it the uh, year 2000 the late 1999 uh, early 2000 hmm. is when i when i got involved okay and uh, it's 20 years down the line but uh what were some of your milestone, you know, since that turn of the century, uh, you know, growth point is now like multiple times bigger and it's grown beyond SA's borders, as I mentioned. So, Serene, yeah, look, I would say certainly that very first transaction is probably where I learned most of what I know about property today. It's fair to say when I was uh, working in corporate finance, I was involved in listing IT companies, in merging construction companies, in merging healthcare companies, listing a hospital group. Very, very varied uh, exposure and experience, but nothing in the line of property. And to be fair, in those years, property was a bit of a swear word. It, it wasn't institutional. Property was owned by the life companies. So between Old Mutual, Liberty, Sunlam, they played in the property space. There was no listed property sector to mention. There was probably two or three stocks. They were property unit trusts. And um, so that very first transaction, you know, getting my 
hands dirty, uh, kicking the tires, understanding, you know, everything there is to understand about property letting and leasing and the income and expenses and, you know, the, pretty much what comprises the business model of property stands out as, uh, you know, one of the early key development areas for myself. Post that, I think a couple of the real big milestones was a the merger between GrowthPoint and Prime Grow back in 2003. In 2004, we did a transaction where we bought the Investec head office building in Santon and Cape Town on the back of 20-year sale and leaseback transaction. Then in 2007 is probably one of the next key milestones, which is when we internalized the management company of GrowthPoint. And we effectively agreed, the GrowthPoint board and Investec agreed that for the payment of 1.6 billion rand, uh, which was paid in shares, in GrowthPoint shares, Investec would relinquish the management rights that it had. And about 400 of us who were working for Investec but were managing GrowthPoint left Investec's employ and became full-time employees of GrowthPoint. That was obviously very, very transformational. Uh, we became completely independent of Investec, and uh, we effectively had uh, autonomy over you know, how we wanted to grow GrowthPoint and, and run and manage GrowthPoint. So that was very big, big highlight. 09, the Australian uh, investment, the first offshore venture, very, uh, very key moment in GrowthPoint's uh, growth path. In 2013, 2014, we did the merger, or sorry, not the merger, pretty much the acquisition of the Tiber portfolio. Uh, sorry, before that, actually, in 2011, we bought the V&A Waterfront in partnership with the... With you, how could you leave that out? That's your trophy <laughs> asset. Trophy asset, absolutely. So uh, it's just trying to get the chronology ready uh, right here. So Waterfront was very big highlight in 2011. Now, this was actually the second bite at the cherry. We tried to buy the Waterfront in 2006, but uh, we weren't successful. We weren't the, the top bidder. So to have a, a, a second bite at the cherry and to then be successful, obviously, it was a fantastic moment for me personally. And then 2014 was the Tiber deal. A couple of other merger and acquisition deals in between. And then more recently, global worth and capital and, and regional. So those would be, I would say, some of the, if I had to pick maybe three of those, I would highlight the internalization transaction in 07, where we became independent. And for me, that is when GrowthPoint got its soul. At, at, up until that time, it was managed externally in terms of this contractual arrangement with Investec. But once we became internal and uh, employees of GrowthPoint, that is when the company got its soul. And uh, so that was one of the big, big moments. Then I'd say uh, 2009, the Australian acquisition, 2011 the VNA waterfront transaction. Those would be my top three if I had to pick. Since you broke it down more than I anticipated, to be frank, I have to ask, were you disappointed on not getting some deals like the Fountainhead deal? And you know why I asked that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. So 
Look, in hindsight, it's one of those that we probably end up being glad that we didn't get. Very disappointed at the time, obviously, but as time went by and with the benefit of hindsight, I think uh, probably quite relieved that uh, you know we weren't successful in that particular transaction. But, but sure, at the time, we weren't very happy. I understand last year you announced that you will be retiring at the end of 2024. Is that still the plan? What are, why are you retiring? You're still young. And what are part of your future plans? Shireen, that's correct. Uh, we did announce the retirement. I um, do still intend to retire then. And, you know, I'll be 60 in November. I'll just have turned 60 in 2024. And I was born in 1964. So I would also have had, I guess, an innings with growth point of circa 24 years. I feel that, you know, I really have dedicated my entire career, to be fair, uh, to growth point, my entire working life, and a big part of my life. You know, I really did. My wife always chastises me <laughs> for, you know, knowing everything about growth point, but not knowing the first thing about my personal finances. And uh, <laughs> even sometimes she wonders whether I know my kids' names. I just think that it's time for me to maybe get a slightly better balance in life, maybe pursue a couple of uh, personal interests and generally I'd say maybe just uh, slow down a little bit. I mean, clearly I would still want to be involved in business in, in one shape or another, but to be fair, I have not given that a fortune of thought. It's only recently, I guess, that uh, I have come to the decision to retire and I would probably be giving more thought to that in the next couple of years that come. Since you're talking about personal, on a personal note, tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe not everybody know outside Growth Point. Where did you grow up and why did you become a CA? So look, I'm one of two children. I've got an older sister and my father, who's 92 this year, still alive, is a German immigrant. He immigrated to South Africa in 1954 when he was 24 years old and he was fortunate enough i guess to be 15 when the second world war in germany ended so he wasn't involved you know didn't get drafted into any of the forces or anything he was too young but he came to south africa he met a south african lady and got married had two kids and my father was a tradesman and again he had the, the most incredible work ethic and I always admired that in him. But at a very early stage, I was still at school, early days at school. One of my interests was tennis. And I managed to, uh, to do reasonably well. And I got a couple of coaching sessions. And my parents became friendly with a tennis coach. And we got invited to their home uh, one weekend. And they had this uh, really magnificent sprawling home in Walkerville in the southern suburbs of Johannesburg with a tennis court and a pool and a sauna. And I thought to myself, wow, that is something that I would aspire to own one day myself. And did a bit of asking and found out that clearly the tennis coach wasn't making this kind of money from coaching <laughs> tennis, but he was a chartered accountant and he was working for the Chamber of Mines at the time. It was there and then that I decided that's it, chartered accountant for me. I never looked back. I knew all the way through school I was going to go to university and I was going to become a CA. 
So um, it made things quite easy, I guess. And, um, you know, maybe my priorities were, were all wrong because it was a bit materialistic. But nonetheless, that's how I ended up becoming a CA. I grew up in the, in the southern suburbs of Johannesburg in Robertsham. In fact, my mother was Afrikaans. She passed a couple of years back. But um, so I went to Afrikaans Primary School, Afrikaans High School, and I went to the former Rant Afrikaans University, today known as UJ. And uh, yeah, eventually, you know, passed my CA qualification, uh, went overseas for a couple of years and worked and lived in London, and then uh, joined at Investec uh, Corporate Finance in 96 and was in corporate finance between 96 and 2000, and, and then the uh, the move to, to property. No, but we will have to leave it there. I'm not going to ask you any controversial questions around office uh, sector or anything like that. This was Thank pretty much a that. profile interview, but uh, I'm sure you'll talk about it in your full year results and that sort of thing. Norbert, it was great having you as a guest on the 50th milestone episode of the Property Pod. Thanks so much for your time. That was Norbert Sasser, Group CEO of JSE Listed Growth Point Properties. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.